0: to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based on being outside. Hey Iris, what? What is a ghost's favorite ride at an amusement park? I don't know, what? The roller ghoster. <laughs> hey, Iris. Hey, what? What position on a hockey team does a monster play? What? Ghoulie. <laughs> hey, Iris. What? <laughs> what did one dog say to the other? What? Happy Halloween. Oh my gosh, is it Halloween? It's Halloween, and we get to talk about dogs. What a great combination, See really. what I did there? Yes. Welcome to Outside by Design everyone. Happy Halloween from Iris and Lisa coming at you from Wheelie. And today for Halloween we have Allison Miles on the show and she is the community and content manager at Roughwear. So dogs, Halloween, costumes, Allison Miles. This is an amazing episode. Let's do it. Hey, Allie, thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited you're here.
1: Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here as well.
0: And the very first question we ask everyone is to describe where they are and what they're
1: looking at. Um, I am at the Ruffer office. I'm at work, and I'm in a meeting room called the Alvord, and it's named for the Alvord Desert in Eastern Oregon, and it's this really beautiful place where there's a, there's a playa, like a big empty lake bed. And, um, this, it's this really rugged area where it can be extremely, it's all the weather extremes. Um, thunderstorms roll in really fierce. It can snow in June. Um, it's kind of this wild place, but there's also hot springs and, um, it's, it's therapeutic as well. And so this conference room or meeting room that I'm in at Roughware is inspired by that. And it has this beautiful, um, photo image that covers one wall and there's a couch and all these desert inspired things. So it's a very relaxing room. So that's where I am. And I'm looking at the image, um, right now that shows a desert landscape with some rugged mountains in the background that are sort of socked in a stormy cloud type of setting, but there's also some sunlight coming through and there's some snow on the mountain. So, um, it's, it's a nice connection to the outdoor doors while, uh, being in the office.
0: Nice. I've heard tremendously good things about working at roughwear
1: It is a great place to work. Um, and I'm excited to share more about it. I, I love it here. I've been here, um, almost four years.
0: Nice. And your official job title there is
1: My official job title is Community and Content Manager. Um and what that means is the content side of things, our team is a, a social man, social media and ambassador coordinator and a copywriter and then me. And we um we write obviously all the storytelling. Um and I and I plan our editorial calendar and sort of our big overarching brand stories. And then the community side of things is our brand partnerships, um, namely with the Conservation Alliance and Best Friends Animal Society. Um, Two of our key components of giving back are around conservation and outdoor recreation and then uh, dog adoption. So I manage those partnerships.
0: Oh sweet. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> um, we all are just obsessed with dogs around here. I'm looking at my dog right now. He's a golden retriever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Let's let's back into it and, and kind of get a backstory on you. How mm-hmm. did like just tell us about yourself and how you ended up in Bend working at Rough War? Yeah.
1: Um I've been in Bend. I just uh I hit my 10 year anniversary. Um, in well in Bend and in Oregon this year Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania and um, not really a whole lot to say about that (laughs) you know (laughs) I I did sports and uh, we grew up um, I have a sister um, and we grew up near uh, the Appalachian Mountains so the Appalachian Trail was a part of my my upbringing um, going hiking and that sort of thing Um, and then I went to school back east, uh, both undergrad and then law school. Um, and by the time I was finishing law school at age 25, I, I had come out to Oregon with my dad. Um, his brothers both live here. Um, and we had come to Bend. Actually, I should back up a little bit. We came to Bend. Um, I had an uncle living here when I was in college and um my dad and I came out for 2 weeks and the first day that we got here I overdosed on caffeine from we hit all the drive through espresso stands <laughs> driving over the <laughs> pass um, so uh and then we basically spent 2 weeks um just getting after it mountain biking I went on my first overnight backpacking trip I got blisters on my feet um we did more backpacking after that. Um, that was the first time I saw snow in August up at Crater Lake. And it, it just blew my mind, um, that this was something that existed and that this was a place. And, um, I was totally hooked. So I went back to Pennsylvania, finished school, went to law school. And by the time I was finishing law school, I was like, I, I need to be in Oregon Um, so I moved out as soon as I finished my exams, I didn't stay for graduation. I just booked it. (laughs) My dad did the cross country road trip with me and, um, we had a blast driving out to Oregon and, uh, we went camping when we got here. Well, we camped pretty much the whole way out here. And then, um, the first night I had like, I, I initially moved to Portland and, um, had a Craigslist roommate who ended up being this totally awesome woman who became my friend. And, uh, we, we basically showed up at her townhouse, unloaded all my gear into the garage, all my stuff, and then went out to Mount hood and camped that night out at Mount hood in the rain. And it was fun. Um, so that was my, my journey to Oregon. And then I took the bar exam out here and, Um, That was 2009. So that was the kind of the beginning of the recession. And I had a really hard time finding work. I had no professional connections. um, But I was also so happy to be in Oregon. And I was just kind of trying to figure out how to stay here. And also I needed to start making money. Um, And I ended up getting a job in Prineville, which is this really small town a little bit northeast of Bend and i I was just applying to every single job that I could find and i I got a call back and an invitation for an interview at this little partnership in uh, law practice in primeville and I google mapped it and I was like, oh yeah okay that's near Bend um, I think I've driven through here before i'll I'll do it and I interviewed and I got the job and practiced law for two years in Prineville, which I was, I was doing a uh, criminal defense and um, mm-hmm. Prineville is nothing at all like Bend. <laughs> um, it's very rural. It's um, a mill town, a ranching town, logging. Um, it was a, a depressed town in 2009. <laughs> um, yeah. It's bounced back uh, since then, but it was a lot of my clients were, out of work and it was tough. Um, and I did that for two years and, um, there were things that I did love about it. Um, I loved the the intellectual challenge and, um, there's more creative, uh, there's more creativity to law practice than, um, people might think. And so there, I loved the creative element of it, but, um, eventually I wasn't happy and I was looking outside of law and trying to just be really broad in what I could do next. And um, actually, my boss at the law practice encouraged me to look elsewhere and um, and blend my my love for the outdoors with the skill set that I had. And um, and that's what I ended up doing. I first got a job as a copywriter at Alltrek. Um, which was based in Redmond. It was an online outdoor retailer. It's since gone out of business. Um, but I worked there as a copywriter and I was like, I'm writing gear descriptions all day. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I can be creative, mm-hmm. I can write, I can talk about outdoor stuff, I can talk about all kinds of gear. So I did that. Um, but that company, even when I joined, they were. Um, they were laying people off and it was a sinking ship. (laughs) Um, And so from there I got a job at hydro flask, which at the time in 2013 was a startup and it was, it was only four years old at that point. They just celebrated their 10 year anniversary. Um, And I moved into more of a broader marketing role and I was there for a couple years and then um, was getting a little bit, I felt pigeonholed into social media, which I liked doing, but I didn't love it. And um, so I was kind of figuring out how do I how do I not get stuck doing social media because it's not it's not what really gets me fired up um, each day. So I saw the position opening with Roughware, which is actually on the same block as Hydro Flask, um, and I threw my name in the hat and, and got the job and. Um. Yeah, and so that's been the past almost four years. (laughs) Oh, nice.
0: how How did you handle that transition throughout? Um, you know, being being a lawyer to kind of like trusting that it would all work out, and now having this awesome job at Roughware. Like, was that stressful, or did you just kind of feel like, okay, it's going to work out?
1: Oh my gosh, it was so stressful. Yeah, it was both. (laughs) I um it. It was incredibly challenging, um, wondering, what am I doing? Is this the right thing? It, it definitely felt like a risk. Um, my parents were like, they thought I was crazy at first when I quit my law practice. And and for years, even now, people still ask me when they find out I have a law degree. Well, do you think you're ever going to go like practice law again? And it's like, heck no. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like that was a that was a very um, important part of my life, I think, in shaping me into who I am now. But um, yeah, I'm, I think, um, you know, through it all, there were definitely moments where I would, I would know that I'm not totally happy here. um, And not, you know, and I say totally happy, like, I'm not totally happy all the time, 100% of the time, like, nobody is, there's always those questions and those doubts. But I knew that um, this wasn't the career I wanted at various points. And, but I I didn't always know what I what I did want. And that was really hard. Um, And I felt like, at many times, there were a lot of different directions that I could go in my career and be happy. So that, you know, that can be empowering, but that can also be really challenging because then it's like, well, how do I know if I'm going in the right direction? Um, I think to try to get back to your question, it was definitely stressful. Um, It was terrifying at times, but there was a part of me that always knew that I was on the right track and that if I keep following, pursuing the things that I love to do, that I would end up in the right place.
0: Yeah, and now dogs can't talk, so you get to speak for them. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: great. I've written blog stories from, a you know, written by a dog, written by my dog. Um, (laughs) It's fun.
0: (laughs) Say, Iris, do you want to know a weird fact about me? Yes, of course. I don't like going to yoga classes because I really struggle with group relaxing. Yeah, that stresses you out? I don't like how everyone's laying on the floor and it's supposed to be relaxing. Huh. But you know what I do like? Subscriptions, where I can do yoga from the privacy of my house, which is 11 miles from anything. Oh yeah, there are a lot of websites that you can subscribe to, and they send you yoga classes to do in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, you pay a monthly fee and you get unlimited yoga. It reminds me of when you sign with a creative agency on retainer, and you pay them a certain amount per month, and they just handle shit for your business. Yeah, do you know any creative agencies that offer that? Oddly enough, I do. WheelieCreative.com, the greatest creative agency. Sometimes when you first start doing yoga, you get discouraged because you can't like reach your arms behind your back or grab your back, but guess what? With a great creative agency like Wheelie, Wheelie's got your back. Here at Wheelie, we're really flexible and limber and we'll make a strategy that fits your business. Damn right, Iris, that was a good one. WheelieCreative.com So, career changes are really stressful, Lisa, and Allison kind of jumped out of law, not necessarily knowing where she was going to land, but I love that she says she knew that if she followed the things that she loved, she would end up in the right place. That's right. A lot of people, and we've interviewed quite a few, who started out in totally different careers. but always wanted to end up in the outdoor industry and so if you're out there and you're listening to this and maybe you're not doing something that brings you joy or that you love maybe think about taking that leap it'll be scary but like Allison said if you follow something that you love you'll end up in the right place so now Allison is in the outdoor industry where she belongs and let's hear more about her work at Ruffwear. And, you know, what is that like to represent a demographic that um, <laughs> kind of, you know, doesn't know what the word demographic is?
1: Right. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there. it's fun uh, because when you look at dogs there and you watch them, they are going to do whatever meets their, either their immediate need or their impulse. And um, so there's a lot of fun things. And um you know they're not they're not taking life too seriously they're they're getting their needs their needs met but they're not overthinking it and and that's just a good reminder it's a good approach to creative things in general i think and um yeah it's it's fun to think about well how would a dog view this this jacket or this activity or this piece of gear or this adventure or misadventure Yeah. It's fun. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: So the word of the month on the podcast right now is purpose and you are closing out the month of October for us. So when you, when you hear the word purpose, what, what do you think
1: of? I think of, um, being intentional and prioritizing and having a focus, um, and having all of those things tied to your values. And so for me personally, um, my my purpose is, it's tied to my love for the outdoors, my love for writing, my need to be creative, my need to feel healthy and strong and connected to people. Um, and so with that, you know, that theme of purpose, then I can tie into what am I prioritizing in my life? Well, it's getting outside. It's Spending time with the people I love, it's doing good work, doing the best I can, and giving myself the time and the energy to devote to making those things happen, to making those priorities in my life. So that's what it—that's what it means to me personally. Um, and then it's also a really special word here at Roughwear because we talk about purpose a lot, all the time, in everything we do. And we talk about our true north and um, what does that mean? And we ask ourselves whether what we're doing is tied to our values and where we want to be. Um, And it's a neat, it's a really neat way of approaching business. And it's not um, something that I had really experienced before. Um, But I've actually been hearing a lot of similar conversations. Lately, and I was at a creative conference um, over the weekend, and I went to a workshop that was a, um, a panel of five women who were owners of creative agencies, and they all talked about a moment in their their owning a business or their career where they decided or they realized that I don't have to work with anyone. I want. I don't have to take on a client just because they're offering me the business. I can choose to work with clients based on values alignment. Um, And I thought that that was really powerful. And I don't think that you need to be successful in business or in life before you take that approach. I don't think you need to be like, oh, now that our business is up and running, I can start doing things the way I want. I think that. doing things according to your personal values and your vision and um your passions is living with purpose.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Uh here at Wheelie we have an actual we call it the fun-o-meter And uh <laughs> we only work with clients that land on the Funometer um in in the Clients who land in kind of like the orange or yellow who want to tip into the green area of yeah. the funnel meter um, because, yeah, that's, that's what we believe in. We believe in enjoying life and realizing that the outdoor industry is such a place of privilege and that we're not saving lives. Um, we're not doctors or firefighters and what we do is yep. fun.
1: So, I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, we say similar things at at Roughwear. We have to remind ourselves because, you know, I think that so many of us are perfectionists and we want to, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to put our best work out there. And that's, that's great. I mean, that's, we have that drive, but at the same time, we, we remind ourselves we're not saving lives. We are, we're making gear for dogs. <laughs> like this should be fun. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Seriously.
0: Speaking of fun, um, today's Halloween when uh-huh. this podcast comes out and, and I hear Halloween is a big deal at roughwear huh?
1: Halloween is a very big deal at Roughware. Um, some of the past parties that we've had that basically we all come to work in our costumes and then a, a full day party ensues from there um, with games and tricks and treats and all of that. Um, and uh, two years ago we um, in our office space, we had this warehouse that we've since built out into additional office space. But uh, we had this extra empty warehouse space, and we built out this like huge um, haunted hallway with we ha- we got there were the the giant racks that used to hold all of our uh, product when it was when we were using that space as a warehouse, and so we had the big empty racks, and we we made this tunnel and uh, wrapped it all in visqueen, so it was completely dark and. Yeah, we basically, we just built out this really creepy, terrifying haunted hallway um, that people had to go through to enter the party. <laughs> um, so that was a couple years ago. And then uh, the last year, the, the building was under construction. So we actually rented out this um, mansion in Bend for a day like this. I think this home had been on like tour of homes or like architecture shows or that sort of thing. It's this beautiful, huge mansion, um, on the outskirts of Bend. And we contacted the, um, property management company and we are like, uh, oh, we're from Roughware. Can we rent this for a day for a Halloween party? We promise we won't trash it. We just, we need a place. And they were like, we love Roughware. Yeah, sure. And they like cut us a deal, <laughs> which was awesome. And we set up this, um, clue murder mystery party um so a handful of us that organized the whole thing went ahead of time and got everything set up and then everybody else who was at the office in their costumes started getting these clues and put them onto teams It gave them a map and they ended up at this this huge house and then we staged this whole like murder mystery thing and everyone had to work in their teams to solve it and it was really fun (laughs) That sounds super fun. So, yeah, that's, the, that's kind of the scale. And actually, I, I used to be on that. We call it the Wolf Pack, which is um, sort of the party planning committee. And I used to be part of that. Um, but I stepped down at the end of last year to give somebody else a chance. So I'm, I have no idea what's in store for this year's Halloween. So when this podcast goes out, everybody will be being surprised by what's happening. Cool. Cool. What's your favorite
0: aspect of your job at Ruffler?
1: My favorite aspect is, um, getting to work with the people here. Um, I'm so impressed every day by the talent and the passion and the skill that people bring to work. Um, and the genuine friendships, um, and yeah, that's, that's my favorite part. And then of course the dogs there, they go hand in hand with the people. There's um, almost as many dogs in the office as people. So lots of personalities um, and they're just a great constant reminder of why, why we're all here. That's cool.
0: It's so nice to have coworkers that you mm-hmm. like as human beings too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, a lot of people on the podcast or a lot of people who listen to this podcast are in a similar position as you where they're brand managers or marketing managers or something. Um, and and a conversation that comes up often is how you balance your personal ideas and goals for the direction of the brand with those of management or investors or however your company is structured. So how do you, like, I don't know, what do you think of when, in that subject?
1: Yeah, um, well, we're lucky here at Roughware, and I'm lucky here at Roughware because we are privately owned. So we don't have to answer to a board or to investors. Um, we do have to get buy-in from our leadership team. Um, but there's a lot of trust. And I think um, cultivating that trust helps. And then it's not like, it's not like every idea or project we need to like create this big deck and, and persuade People sitting in a boardroom. It's not, you know, it's just like we toss ideas out there all the time. We have brainstorming sessions all the time. Um, we see what ideas get people really fired up. Um, that helps things float to the top. Also, we're we really try to be strategic, um, and and what that means is, um, you know, we have like our yearly goals that we set as a company. And then we, each quarter, we break those down into quarterly goals. And then they're also broken down each month. And so one um, check that we have is how do these ideas, these projects tie to our monthly, quarterly, or yearly goals? And that's kind of the first filter. Um, Is this moving what we say are our priorities as a company? Is this going to help move them forward? And that's kind of step one. And then, as far as like my own personal creative ideas, I tend to blend a lot of my my personal passions and my personality into my writing and um, and and who I am and the ideas that I come up with. But it all goes through a team, um, and so. I think everyone's pretty thoughtful about checking each other and saying, you know, that seems a little off or um maybe this should could be tweaked and that sounds more like roughware. Um so that sort of thing and and just being really open to that feedback um that that helps a lot too. Yeah, was
0: that I mean, I'm sure with a law degree You got to practice giving and receiving feedback a (laughs) lot.
1: And I love it. I love that process.
0: (laughs) Hey, Lisa, you love dogs. I freaking love dogs. Um, But one thing about being a dog owner is it's hard to choose your dog's food because sometimes you don't really know what's in it. Is your dog's food full of random ingredients that you don't even know what they are and mystery meats or is it full with really high quality organic ingredients? That reminds me of a great creative agency I know that is made completely of locally sourced fully organic natural design. It's got organic strategy, video production, social media, all these really really carefully curated natural services that go into one giant project for your brand. So if you want your brand to be healthy and full of energy, just like your dog that you love, you should hire Wheelie. It's way better than expensive dog food. Halloween at Roughwear, Lisa, that sounds amazing. Do you like Halloween? Mm, Yeah, it's up there in my top holidays. What's your best Halloween costume of all time? Of all time? Mm -hmm. One time I was an old lady and like probably when I was six or seven and I had glasses and I had like a purse from my great-grandmother and it was filled with like hard candies and I had like a shawl and everything and the adults really thought that was hilarious because I was a pretty compelling old lady. That's good. I was the laziest child for Halloween costumes of all like I was so apathetic toward Halloween I was a clown every single year I would just put on the same clown shoes and like a clown wig and just go to school and be like here I am in a costume see I never did that I did something different every year yeah my I have a twin sister and she would go all out yeah I would just be like have you seen my clown shoes (laughs) like the morning of I believe Halloween is an enthusiastic day here wheelie as well as Roughwear, except for me because I'm corporate and boring yeah but yes. you know having fun is part of the wheelie culture certainly sounds like it's part of the rough work culture yes. also having a lot of dogs there luckies <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of the outdoor industry has just really fun work cultures and that's part of the draw to the outdoor industry because we have fun we work hard and we like to play outside with dogs and now I'm compelled to get like 22 more dogs more golden retrievers I think we definitely should let's get back to Allison What's your what's your tip for other people in your shoes um for giving and and
1: receiving feedback? Oh, um I think this is great cuz I'm about to go into um some training that will hopefully help me be better at this um com- communicating clearly, but I think um keeping it non-personal um whether you're giving or receiving and trying to be as specific and as clear as possible. Um, You know, for example, it's not helpful to say, I don't think that story is a good idea. (laughs) Um, But it is helpful to say, this feels a little off brand because blah, blah, blah. Um, What about tweaking it to this instead? That ties a little bit more to, you know, who we are as a company or as a brand. Um, I think that, yeah, clear as kind, being as clear as possible. Um, and then especially on the receiving end, not taking it personally and knowing that the feedback is for it's, you know, assuming good intentions and then the feedback is, is going to result in, in something better for everyone and trusting that. And if someone has feedback and they think that, I can do better, that's great. That's an opportunity for me to do better, for me to, to put better work out there for rough wear um, And it's going to, even if it's challenging me, I'm going to learn something. And, and just looking at it really positively as a, as a learning opportunity. Yeah, that growth mindset. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's really, really wonderful advice. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are creatives like photographers, um, you know, and their whole world is based on giving and receiving feedback too. So that's valuable.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, it's scary to put your work out there and uh and not know how it's going to be received. And then if you do get feedback, it's it's easy to think, oh I missed the mark. Oh I failed. Oh I, I didn't do it right. I didn't do it good enough. And um it's easy to only hear that but yeah just keeping that growth mindset and flipping it onto the positive and 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 hearing the feedback for what it is and and looking for that next opportunity to to keep improving and knowing that we're all on this path of constant improvement.
0: Oof, yeah, we are. <laughs> awesome. And is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think our audience needs to know do you want to
1: know what I'm going to be for Halloween yes (laughs) I'm going to be a hobbit yes (laughs) I'm really excited um I've asked my mom to sew me a cloak so she's working on that but (laughs) (laughs) is your dog going to be involved in this costume um maybe I haven't figured that part out yet he he usually is um but we'll see (laughs) <laughs> cute how
0: many dogs show up to work at Ruffwear every day um
1: probably in like the 20 to 30 range maybe what? 30 is a little high <laughs> what yeah maybe more like 15 to 20 where do they what do they do all day they all have beds um most of the beds are under desks and uh or next to desks and they they lay on their beds and they bark when the UPS guy comes, <laughs> 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 or the FedEx guy, uh, but they're all uh, they're all really well adjusted to each other and to office life, and um, they're they're really quiet and relaxed. And uh, we have a big open office space, so they I think that they all just um, they just get used to to what happens when they come to work and what's expected. And we have a little dog park outside where they get to go out and run around and take breaks. Um, but yeah, they let us know when when a visitor comes, <laughs> or visiting <laughs> dog. But <laughs> yeah, they're they're great. They're great to have here. They're definitely as much a part of the Roughwear office and culture as any of the humans. So
0: that's amazing. That's way more dog. <laughs> I was expecting you to be like five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> five, five. We probably have. I don't even. We've hired quite a few people. Um, so I'm not actually sure exactly how many humans we have in the office I think it's like in the mid 40s um and on any given day yeah I mean probably at least 20 dogs unbelievable
0: (laughs) that's so awesome yeah wow um I, (laughs) I love that and then how you honor your role as a community and content manager and being able to speak for a brand and organize a community what do you look for when you're Crafting a community?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, it's community, it's all about connection and finding common ground to connect with people. Um, and I think that's a starting point. Like, find one way to connect with one person and then finding a way, you know, another way to connect with a second person and then figuring out how those first two people can connect with each other. And then you just build it out from there. Or maybe is uh, finding values within or passions within a group that we all share and starting, starting on that common ground um, and, and digging into that and celebrating that. I think that that's kind of the foundation. That's fantastic. And I know that diversity,
0: equity and inclusion are a really big deal in the outdoor industry and in life right now. Um do you do you you guys try to equally represent all dog breeds (laughs)
1: um we do you know we we definitely have some work to do um sometimes we get uh feedback that we don't have enough small dogs in our photography (laughs) um but we we've been working on that um and on a more serious note that is a very important um topic and that's something that we've been incorporating into our strategy as a business of how do we, you know, bend, bend like many mountain towns. It's, uh, it's very white. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were, you know, we want, but it's not, it's not all white people. And of course the outdoor industry is not all white people, even though it on the the outside, it looks very white. Um, Mm -hmm. and we are, Having a lot of conversations about how do we um, diversify our our our, you know starting internally how do we diversify our um, staff to represent our the people that we speak to every day our customers Um, and you know before we start putting. We, we want to put more diversity into our photography and our videos mm-hmm. and all of that. But we also recognize that you can't just like start doing that with your photography without also looking inward. So um, I think we're still at a place where we have a lot more questions than answers, but we're working on it. Um, and our um, organizational development director, Heather McKendry has been, this is like one of her main priorities. Um, so yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with that. We're, we're excited and, and we want to have, um, you know, as much diversity as possible in every way, in every aspect um, with, you know, other than just skin color and ethnicity, um, we you know, more geographies, um, more perspectives, like all of those things. It's all, it's all good.
0: Absolutely. And what I'm, excited about with roughware and that topic is that dogs can be used as a catalyst for connection and
1: mm-hmm. how
0: universal the love of dogs is.
1: Absolutely. And, um, and how dogs, you know, we hear stories over and over again about how dogs are a catalyst to getting people outside, um, or a gateway to the outdoors. And I would love to dig into that more um, you know in the coming year or two about how you know hearing more people's stories about how their dog plays a role in getting them outside Um, and maybe especially when it's people who didn't grow up going outdoors and maybe in adulthood they they ended up with a dog in their life and then found themselves discovering the outdoors I would love to hear uh, any, from anybody with a story around that, um, I think that there's a lot to unpack there. So cool. Yeah. Well, thank you
0: so much for being on the podcast. And, um, that was awesome. Where can people follow
1: you? Um, my Instagram handle is, well, I'll spell it out. It's Allie Miles with a bunch of M's. (laughs) Um, A-L-L-I-M-M-M-I-L-E-S. Cool. And they'll see my dog Riggins on there quite a bit because he's kind of, yeah yeah is he from idaho he is not from idaho but he well i don't know where he's originally from we rescued him when he was about six months old and he came with that name and already knew it so um uh, it suits him very well um he's my border collie and my adventure pal and yeah he's here with me now i'm looking at him right now so cute yeah <laughs> awesome well thank you so much thank you that was awesome
0: Thanks so much for being here, Allison, and happy Halloween to all our amazing Outside by Design listeners. We would love to hear from our listeners, and if you have the time, please go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Maybe drop your favorite Halloween-related joke in your review. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the show. Do you have any more jokes, Lisa? Why didn't the skeleton go to the ball? Why? Because he had no body to go with. (laughs) What's the most important subject a witch learns in school? What? Spelling. All right. And with that, we'll see you guys next week on Outside by Design. <laughs> what do ghosts use to wash their hair? I don't know. Shampoo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad one.